chapter forty three of ancient tales and folklore of japan this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c ancient tales and folklore of japan by richard gordon smith the temple of awabi in noto province there is a small fishing village called nanano it is at the extreme northern end of the mainland there is nothing opposite until one reaches either korea or the siberian coast except the small rocky islands which are everywhere in japan surrounding as it were by an outer fringe the land proper of japan itself nano contains not more than five hundred souls many years ago the place was devastated by an earthquake and a terrific storm which between them destroyed nearly the whole village and killed half of the people on the morning after this terrible visitation it was seen that the geographical situation had changed opposite nano some two miles from the land had arisen a rocky island about a mile in circumference the sea was muddy and yellow the people surviving were so overcome and awed that none ventured into a boat for nearly a month afterwards indeed most of the boats had been destroyed being japanese they took things philosophically every one helped some other and within a month the village looked much as it had looked before smaller and less populated perhaps but managing itself unassisted by the outside world indeed all the neighboring villages had suffered much in the same way and after the manner of ants had put things right again the fishermen of nano arranged that their first fishing expedition should be taken together two days before the bon they would first go and inspect the new island and then continue out to sea for a few miles to find if there were still as many thai fish on their favorite ground as there used to be it would be a day of intense interest and the villages of some fifty miles of coast had all decided to make their ventures simultaneously each village trying its own grounds of course but all starting at the same time with a view of eventually reporting to each other the condition of things with regard to fish for mutual assistance in a strong characteristic in the japanese when trouble overcomes them at the appointed time two days before the festival the fishermen started from nano there were thirteen boats they visited first the new island which proved to be simply a large rock there were many rock fish such as rassi and sea perch about it 
but beyond that there was nothing remarkable it had not had time to gather many sea-fish on its surface and there was but little edible seaweed as yet so the thirteen boats went farther to sea to discover what had occurred to their old and excellent thai grounds these were found to produce just about what they used to produce in the days before the earthquake but the fishermen were not able to stay long enough to make a thorough test they had meant to be away all night but at dusk the sky gave every appearance of a storm so they pulled up their anchors and made for home as they came close to the new island they were surprised to see on one side of it the water for the space of two hundred and forty feet square lit up with a strange light the light seemed to come from the bottom of the sea and in spite of the darkness the water was transparent the fishermen very much astonished stopped to gaze down into the blue waters they could see fish swimming about in thousands but the depth was too great for them to see the bottom and so they gave rein to all kinds of superstitious ideas as to the cause of the light and talked from one boat to the other about it a few minutes afterwards they had shipped their immense paddling oars and all was quiet then they heard rumbling noises at the bottom of the sea and this filled them with concertation they feared another eruption the oars were put out again and to say that they went fast would in no way convey an idea of the pace that the men made their boats travel over the two miles between the mainland and the island their homes were reached well before the storm came on but the storm lasted for fully two days and the fishermen were unable to leave the shore as the sea calmed down and the villagers were looking out on the third day cause for astonishment came shooting out of the sea near the island rock were rays that seemed to come from a sun in the bottom of the sea all the village congregated on the beach to see this extraordinary spectacle which was discussed far into the night not even the old priests could throw any light on the subject consequently the fishermen became more and more scared and a few of them were ready to venture to sea next day though it was the time for the magnificent sawara king mackerel only one boat left the shore and that belonged to master kansuki a fisherman of some fifty years of age who with his son matakichi a youth of eighteen and a most faithful son was always to the force when anything out of the common had to be done kanasuke had been the acknowledged bold fisherman of nano 
the leader in all things since most could remember and his faithful and devoted son had followed him from the age of twelve through many perils so that no one was astonished to see their boat leave alone they went first to the tie grounds and fished there during the night catching some thirty-odd tie between them the average weight of which would be four pounds towards break of day another storm showed on the horizon kansuke pulled up his anchor and started for home hoping to take in a hobo line which he had dropped overboard near the rocky island on his way out a line holding some two hundred hooks they had reached the island and hauled in nearly the whole line when the rising sea caused kansuke to lose his balance and fall overboard usually the old man would soon have found it an easy matter to scramble back into the boat on this occasion however his head did not appear above water and so his son jumped in to rescue his father he dived into water which almost dazzled him for bright rays were shooting through it he could see nothing of his father but felt that he could not leave him as the mysterious rays rising from the bottom might have something to do with the accident he made up his mind to follow them they must he thought be reflections from the eye of some monster it was a deep dive and for many minutes madakichi was under water at last he reached the bottom and here he found an enormous colony of the awabi ear shells the space covered by them was fully two hundred square feet and in the middle of all was one of gigantic size the like of which he had never heard of from the holes at the top through which the feelers pass shot the bright rays which illuminated the sea rays which are said by the japanese divers to show the presence of a pearl the pearl in this shell thought madakichi the pearl in this shell thought madakichi must be one of enormous size as large as a baby's head from all the awabi shells on the patch he could see the lights that lights were coming which denoted that they contained pearls but wherever he looked madakichi could see nothing of his father he thought his father must have been drowned and if so that the best thing for him to do would be to regain the surface and repair to the village to report his father's death and also his wonderful discovery which would be of such value to the people of nano having after much difficulty reached the surface he to his dismay found the boat broken by the sea which was now high madakichi was lucky however he saw a bit of floating wreckage 
which he seized and as sea wind and current helped him strong swimmer as he was it was not more than half an hour before he was ashore relating to the villagers the adventures of the day his discoveries and the loss of his dear father the fishermen could hardly credit the news that what they had taken to be supernatural lights were caused by ear shells for the much valued ear shell was extremely rare about their district but matakichi was a youth of such trustworthiness that even the most skeptical believed him in the end and had it not been for the loss of kansuki there would have been great rejoicing in the village that evening having told the villagers the news matakichi repaired to the old priest's house at the end of the village and told him also and now that my beloved father is dead said he i myself beg that you will make me one of your disciples so that i may pray daily for my father's spirit the old priest followed matakichi's wish and said not only shall i be glad to have so brave and filial a youth as yourself as a disciple but also i myself would pray with you for your father's spirit and on the twenty-first day from his death we will take boats and pray over the spot at which he was drowned accordingly on the morning of the twenty-first day after the drowning of poor kansuki his son and the priest were anchored over the place where he had been lost and prayers for the spirit of the dead were said that same night the priest awoke at midnight he felt ill at ease and thought much of the spiritual affairs of his flock suddenly he saw an old man standing near the head of his couch who bowed courteously and said i am the spirit of the great earshell lying on the bottom of the sea near rocky island my age is over one thousand years some days ago a fisherman fell from his boat into the sea and i killed and ate him this morning i heard your reverence praying over the place where i lay with the son of the man i ate your sacred prayers have taught me shame and i sorrow for the thing i have done by way of atonement i have ordered my followers to scatter themselves while i have determined to kill myself so that the pearls that are in my shell may be given to matakichi the son of the man i ate all i ask is that you should pray for my spirit's welfare farewell saying which the ghost of the ear shell vanished early next morning when matakichi opened his shutters to dust the front of his door he found thereat what he took at first to be a large rock covered with seaweed 
and even with pink coral on closer examination matakichi found it to be the immense ear-shell which he had seen at the bottom of the sea off rocky island he rushed off to the temple to tell the priest who told matakichi of his visitation during the night the shell and the body contained therein were carried to the temple with every respect and much ceremony prayers were said over it and though the shell and the immense pearl were kept in the temple the body was buried in a tomb next to kansuke's with a monument erected over it and another over kansuke's grave madachichi changed his name to that of nichigi and lived happily there have been no earshells seen near nano since but on the rocky island is erected a shrine to the spirit of the ear shell note a three thousand yen pearl which i know of was sold for twelve cents by a fisherman from the west it came from a temple belongs now to mikomotu and is this size end of chapter 43 recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc